This is Crossroads with Clayton King. You're going to get to join us vicariously at Crossroads Summer Camp, where I was able to preach this message to about 1,200 teenagers. This summer, we saw over 2,000 spiritual decisions for Christ at Crossroads Summer Camps. And one of the things that I felt led by the Lord to preach on was being bold in your faith. I wanted to empower and encourage these students to have confidence in sharing their story and actually saying the name of Jesus out loud in everyday conversation. So I wanna encourage you as you listen to this to say what you believe. If you believe in Jesus, say his name, tell people about him, and now I'm gonna tell you how to do it. All right, John chapter four, get your Bibles. John chapter four, the scripture's gonna be up on the screens. John chapter four, all week we have had one word, the theme of camp. What is that word? Believe, that's right. Tonight, write this down. This is the title of the message. It's so simple. I'm gonna dive in with no introductory remarks. The title of the message is real simple. Say what you believe. Say what you believe. I wanna give you confidence that you as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you can say what you believe about Jesus. You can be confident that when you open up your mouth and you say what you believe, that the Holy Spirit is going to give you boldness and he'll take your words and he'll use your words to do things that you could never do without his power. So let me give you a, a 60 second background of what's happened in John chapter four. Couple of things to establish. Jesus is a man, we know that, but he's also Jewish. He's an Israelite. This woman that he's gonna meet here at this well in a town called Sychar, she is a female, she's a woman, and she's not a Jew, she's a Samaritan. Now I'm gonna say a word here that is a hot button topic in America. And people, it does exist, but people also like to use this word to keep people stirred up. And we should talk about it and we should let the Bible be our authority. And it is the word racism. If you think racism only exists in America, you're wrong. It exists all over the world and it existed in the days of Jesus. The Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. They were not just two different ethnicities, they considered themselves two different races. I could give you the historical background, but just trust me, they both believed in God, but they disagreed about everything else. And they hated each other. They despised each other. Jesus goes to this well in the middle of the day, it's 12 o'clock, one of the hottest times of the day. And he, his disciples go into town to buy food and he meets this woman and they strike up a conversation about God. She knows he's a Jew and he asks her for a drink of water. Will you get me some water from that well? And she responds to him and says, who do you think you are? That's my paraphrase. She says, you know that Jews don't associate with Samaritans. And what it really means in Greek is Jews don't drink from cups. Jews can't touch plates that a Samaritan has touched. That's unclean. 
And then Jesus begins to ask her some questions. They talk about water. They talk about life. Jesus reveals to her that he knows some things about her private life, that she's been married five times, that the man she's living with right now, the sixth man is not even her husband. And when Jesus reveals that secret knowledge to her that he knows about her, she says, I can perceive that you're a prophet. And as a result of that conversation, this woman, listen, she is so overwhelmed with who Jesus is. When this woman is talking to Jesus, the spirit of God is quickening her and she's like, this man is the Messiah. He's Lord. Here's where we pick up the story in John chapter four, because the second part of the story is actually, I believe the best part because it completes the story. In chapter 27, we pick up the story where this woman who meets Jesus now has to go tell the story. She cannot keep it quiet. John chapter four, verse 27. Just then his disciples arrived and they were amazed that Jesus was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want or why are you talking with her? They were all thinking it, but then none of them would ask the question, why are you talking to a woman? It's also important to realize y'all, in those days, men and women did not talk in public. One of the things I love about Jesus is that Jesus came to earth to elevate women, not push women down. Jesus came to rescue women, not hurt women. Jesus came to say that women have value just like men do. Jesus came to say that as distinct and different as male and female are, I want to come into a culture where women are treated like property and I want to say that women can actually sit at my feet and listen and learn. Women can proclaim the gospel. You do know that the first person to ever receive Jesus's own words that I am the Messiah was this woman. The first person to ever see the resurrected Jesus was a woman. The first person to go proclaim the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a woman. Don't think that Christianity is a religion that beats women down. If you study history, you can read The Rise of Christianity by um, Rodney Stark, great historical book book that proves one of the reasons why Christianity went from a couple of hundred believers in Jerusalem to the primary dominant religion of the world. One of the four primary reasons is because Christianity was the first religion in the history of the world to say women have value. And that's because Jesus valued women. And this is a woman and I'm I'm just letting the text talk to you. The disciples can't believe Jesus is talking to a woman because men and women don't talk. They also can't believe a Jewish man would dare talk to a a Samaritan woman. But watch what happens next because the story is just amazing. Then the woman left her water jar, verse 28. She left her water jar. She came to the well to get water. And some scholars believe the reason why she came in the middle of the day and alone was because all the women would come early in the morning when it was still cool and they would get water so that they could cook and clean and feed their animals and water their animals during the day. And this woman may have had a bad reputation or maybe they didn't like her and she was excluded from the group. That may be the case, that may not be the case, but here is the case. This woman left her water jar and what did she do? She went into town and told the people. And and then John records what she actually said. 
come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And then they left the town and they made their way to him. Now, fast forward to verse 39. It's gonna be on the screens. You can also look there in the Bible that you have. Look at the result. So this woman goes to her town, the village where she's from, where she evidently lives, where she knows people. And she goes to tell them a simple thing, just a simple thing. Y'all need to come and see this man. Stop what you're doing. I know y'all are busy. I know you got jobs. I know you're cooking a meal. I know that you're taking care of your livestock. I know that you're digging a well. I know that you're in the fields, uh, tending to your crops. But listen, y'all gotta stop what you're doing. Stop everything. Come and see a man. I met a man and I think that you need to come and answer this question. Could he be the Messiah? I know he's something special because he told me everything I ever did. And then watch what they did. Watch their response. This is not the response that you'd probably expect from Samaritans who hate Jews. Verse 39, now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there for two days. Do y'all see that? This is revolutionary. Samaritans never even talked to Jews. Now you got a whole village full of Samaritans inviting a Jewish man, their arch enemy, someone they hate, to come and hang out in their village for two days. He evidently stayed in their homes. He evidently ate their food. He evidently taught them, talked to them, shared the kingdom of God with them. And it says in verse 41, look at this. Y'all need to read the Bible every day. I'm telling you, it's full of stories like this. Many more, this blows my mind, still to this day, 36 years after reading this for the first time, many more believed because of what Jesus said. And they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, since we've heard for ourselves and know that this really is the savior of the world. Point number one, when you truly believe in Jesus, you naturally talk about him. When you truly believe in Jesus, you naturally talk about him. I made this point the first night. When you love something, you talk about it. When you're into something, you talk about it. When you're a collector of something, you talk about it. When you love something, when you love someone, you are not embarrassed to be associated with them. You're not ashamed to be affiliated with them. It's why, if you've wondered, 99% of the time I give an invitation at a student event, I will have students that respond for salvation or a call to ministry. I want them to identify themselves publicly because I know that the world you live in is trying to cancel you. It's trying to shut you down. It's trying to muzzle your mouth. It doesn't want you speaking about Jesus. I believe when this woman went back to her village and told them, come see a man that told me everything I ever did, he could be the Messiah. 
I believe she risked being rejected by her people. Who does she think she is coming to tell us that a Jewish man is the Messiah? They could have rejected her. But she was willing to take that risk of being canceled. You know why? Because she had met Jesus. And y'all, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, none of the other trinkets in this world will ever satisfy your taste again. And I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. She did. So when you truly believe in Jesus, you naturally talk about him. Number two, when it comes to the people that you share the gospel with, that you talk to Jesus about, that you invite to church, that you share your story with, believe the best and don't assume the worst. Believe the best and don't assume the worst. That's what she did. Stop saying no for other people. Stop saying no for other people. Most of us say no for our friends before we ever even ask them, would you like to come to church with me? Would you like to come to a Bible study with me? Would you like to go to summer camp with me? Would you like to go to winter conference with me? Um, can I tell you how I became a Christian? It takes 60 seconds. We just don't ever even ask the question because we think they don't want to hear it. I want you to assume the best. I want you to assume that God's already been talking to them. I want you to assume what it says in Ecclesiastes that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. And that everybody has this, as St. Augustine would say, this, this big hole in their heart that can own this big void, this empty space, and it is restless until it finds its rest in God. This hole in your heart that brought you to Jesus, all your friends have that same hole in their heart. All your friends do. The same struggles that you have, depression, anger, abuse, sadness, isolation. The same things that I struggle with, Loneliness, those same things that you struggle with, all your friends struggle with the same things. Has Jesus helped you in those struggles? Yes. Can Jesus help them? Yes. How will they know? You can tell them. But you know what it really boils down to? And maybe I'm the king of oversimplification. I really think it boils down to, we're just afraid of being rejected. We just don't want to be rejected. Y'all need to get used to rejection. It's a part of living in the world. Everybody doesn't like you. People are not laying in bed at night thinking about you. You're not gonna fit in every click, okay? And contrary to what some people say, none of us is enough. No, you're not enough. No, you're not. With Jesus, you're enough. Without Jesus, we got nothing, right? I'm noticing in your generation, that students your age, and I'm not saying this is true of you in general, have a real hard time doing hard things. And it's easy for you to quit. And it's easy for you to chicken out when you're afraid that you might not fit in with the group. And I wanna tell you that Jesus Christ did the hardest thing anybody ever did when he died for you. And he didn't chicken out and he didn't quit. And the spirit of Jesus Christ lives in you. You don't have to try to be bold, you are bold. So why not just speak up and say what you believe? Don't assume the worst about people, believe the best. Believe that they wanna hear about God 
and believe that if you just share your story, you don't have to explain all the mysteries of the Bible. You don't have to explain all the answers to all the crazy questions. But here's what I know. I was lost and confused and hopeless and I was struggling with so many things. And then I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he did for me when he died on the cross. And I put all my faith in him. When I did, he changed my life. And I'm not perfect. I still struggle. I still sin. But when I sin, he's there and he loves me and he forgives me. And he'll never, ever turn his back on me. We'll be back in just a minute to finish this message. But before we do, I wanted to invite you to pray for us and even attend our 26th annual Crossroads Winter Conference. It's in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. This is a student event for middle school and high school students. And it's gonna be Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. It's gonna be Friday, January the 12th through Sunday, January the 14th. This is an amazing student weekend, a big conference with thousands of kids from all over the Southeast, and we'd love for you to come. I'll be preaching there, my wife Shari will be there, our son Jacob will be there. Great worship from folks like Charlie Butrago, great speakers, amazing fellowship. It's gonna be awesome. Go to crossroadswinterconference.com for more information. Crossroadswinterconference.com and you can register your students right now for our winter conference this January in Gatlinburg. It's not a testimony if you don't speak up. I understand the sentiment behind this phrase. They attribute it to St. Thomas Aquinas, but I don't think he ever really said it. I think it's just a, it's legend now, but this whole thing of preach the gospel and only use words when necessary. The sentiment there is we should let our lives be our testimony. And I agree that our lives absolutely should look like Jesus. We should be humble. We should be kind. We should treat everyone with love and respect, even the people we disagree with. But what I disagree with is that all you ever have to do is live a good life and never speak up about Jesus and people will magically figure out that you're a Christian and get saved. That doesn't work. Never seen it work anywhere, anytime, in any context. You gotta talk about Jesus. You gotta speak up about Jesus. It's not a testimony if you don't say it. This woman, I, I counted up the number of times in this passage that this Samaritan woman goes back to her village and talk. How many times speak, words, told? So half a dozen times in this passage. They heard what she said. They heard what Jesus said. She heard what Jesus said. She went back and told them what Jesus had told her. It's a verbal gospel. We gotta communicate it. Let me tell you what's happening in our culture right now. In our culture right now, we're experiencing a cultural rot. And let me tell you how tyrants take over nations. You can study human history and you see this. The way tyrants take over nations is somebody with power will try to silence your voice and tell you that you can't say certain things. It's inappropriate, it's offensive, it's hate speech. What tyrants do is they push, they push you a little bit to see what you'll do. And if you don't stand your ground and speak up and say, stop. If you start doing the math and go, well, I can't really say what I believe about gender in my science class because I know what the Bible says that God made them male and female. There is no other gender. 
I know what the Bible says about gender. I know that Jesus affirmed God's design in Matthew 19 when he said what God has put together, no one needs to mess with and separate. So it's male and female. I know that the Bible says that. I also know that the science behind people that try to transition from one gender to the next, it's unbelievable how suicide rates, depression rates, anxiety rates, death rates, disease rates, all of that goes sky. I know all that, but if I speak up, the bullies in class, they'll push me around for it. And you self-censor. I'm not trying to give you permission to be a jerk because our enemies are not people. We love people. Our enemies are the devil and the forces of evil, not people. I'm not giving you permission to hop on social media and call people names and be a jerk. No, nobody's coming to faith in Jesus that way. But what I wanna give you confidence in is that in those moments, when you feel that, that, that elevated heart rate, that nervousness, you get sweaty, your palms begin to sweat and you're like, I could speak up right now and say what I believe about this, about freedom of speech, about gender, about marriage, about unborn babies and the sanctity of human life, about Jesus being the only way to God. And I know that some people might laugh at me, but you know what? I'm willing to go through that because there might be one kid over here that laughs at me, but there might be 10 kids in this room that'll hear every word I say and they'll be so amazed that I was willing to speak up that they'll believe what I say because they've never seen someone with courage enough to say what they really believe. That's why I believe these people in John chapter four went to Jesus and said, can you come and stay with us? And guess what the end result of this story is? Many of them and then many more of them put their faith in Jesus. They got saved because one woman was willing to speak up. So the way a tyrant takes over, they push an inch and if you don't stop them, they push a foot. And if you don't stop them, they push a mile. And if you don't stop them, you get Hitler and the Nazis in Germany and World War II. And listen, I'm not even talking about preserving American culture. I'm a proud American, I love this nation. I love every, I, I don't love everything about it, but I love the fact that everything about it that's wrong, we live in a free country where we can work together and make it better. I love America. But I belong to the nation of America, but I belong to the kingdom of God forever. And what America needs and what your school needs and what your family needs and what your teammates need is somebody that believes in Jesus for real. To have the courage in a culture filled with noise and distraction to just speak up and say, can I tell y'all what Jesus did for me? Can I tell you how I got saved at Crossroads Summer Camp? Can I tell you how I got saved at VBS? Can I tell you how Jesus helped me with my addiction to pills? Can I tell you how Jesus helped me with my anxiety? Can I tell you how instead of the average teenager that spends nine hours a day looking at their phone, that's the average now, I decided I was gonna read the Bible in the morning. I decided I was gonna limit how much time I'm on social media. And can I tell you how much I feel better now because I spend more time talking with Jesus and about Jesus than I do scrolling through random people's feeds on Instagram that I don't even know so I can look at pictures of people I don't don't even like so I can compare my boring life to their fake life. Speak up. 
Do it with clarity, do it with kindness. And, and ultimately let the Holy Spirit guide you to those moments when you just need to say what you believe. Pray for opportunities and they'll come to you. I really hope this message has been practically encouraging for you to settle in your mind and heart right now that Jesus is worth talking about. It's going to only get more and more difficult in our culture for us to be confident and bold in sharing the gospel with the people that we love. And so if you're waiting for it to get easier, that's probably not going to happen. (laughs) But you can become better at it by practicing it. Look for opportunities. People will listen if you share with love and kindness exactly who Jesus is to you. Let this passage and the story of this woman's testimony from John chapter 4 be the template for your bold confidence as you speak up and say what you believe. If you'd like to hear this message again, send it to a friend, or learn how to take a next step in your walk with Jesus, check us out at ClaytonKing.com.